You can find my podcast and other podcasts similar to mine on the Christian podcast community at podcast.strivingforeternity.org. The Ear, Evangelical and Reformed, Christian Podcast. Welcome to The Ear, the Evangelical and Reformed, a Christian podcast that urges you to think deeper and draws you closer to God through faith. Through powerful sermons, teaching segments, and discussions, The Ear hopes to give you a different perspective on secular topics from a Christian worldview. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Please welcome your host, Brandon Queen. Good morning, podcast world, and welcome back to yet another episode of The Ear. Today marks a brand new day of a new season. We are starting a season of Lent. And yes, we're doing Lent Protestant style. So if you're Catholic, just bear with us. We're not going to get into the differences between Catholicism and Protestant Lent, but we're going to talk about how Protestants observe Lent and what that means to us. So uh, I have the privilege of speaking with the author of the daily devotionals of uh, this Lent season, uh, Garrett Dawson. Garrett Dawson is a pastor at First Pres, uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and he has been uh, very influential in my life. Uh, I love his writings, and he's probably one of the smartest people I know in Baton Rouge. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to Reverend Garrett Dawson. Good morning, Brandon. It's uh, so great to talk to you, and I appreciate your ministry of doing this podcast and your eldership down at Thibodeau. Um, it's an inspiration to me, and I'm always glad when we can work together. Oh, I love it. I love it. So uh, last year you did a devotional, and I was too late at contacting you about doing a, a series last year um, on the devotional. But I got you this year, so I'm pretty excited. And That's great. Uh, you titled it Asking Jesus, and I like that, but but why? Well, I realized uh, when I was studying last year that um, how many times people asked questions of Jesus or asked him for something. And I had never really thought about that or ever looked at the Gospels through the lens of what are the questions people ask Jesus and how are they like the questions we still ask him? What are the requests people made of Jesus and how are they still like the prayers we make to him? Uh, it became rather fascinating to look at you know, 40 of those questions uh, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. Um, I'm looking at the introduction to uh, th- this this book, and you you basically talk about the road to Emmaus um, in the introduction. And um, I was talking to this young lady yesterday, and she she's Baptist, and she was she brought up some good questions. You know, why don't Protestants celebrate Lent like Catholics do, or observe Lent like Catholics do? And her question is, you know, obviously, what is Lent? And why are we not celebrating or observing Lent 365 days out of the year? So just to kind of get our listeners up to snuff on what Lent is, can you explain what Lent is? Yeah, it's a great question. And the wonderful thing is that um, observing Lent, you know, this season of 40 days before Easter, uh, occurred long before there were Protestants and Catholics, when we were all one one church. And if if you look at the history of it, when the Roman Empire became officially Christian after Constantine became the emperor, there were hundreds of thousands of formerly pagans who wanted entry into the church. 
And so the Christian leaders realized that these folks weren't coming from a Bible background. They needed to learn about God's mighty works in history. They needed to learn who Jesus was, what he'd done for us, and how we know him. So before people could enter the church through baptism, a season of preparation occurred. And that was actually in the 40 days before, uh, before Easter. Uh, the new converts would be instructed um, in all the, the mysteries and the realities of our faith as they prepared for baptism. Well, as time went on, um, that, that kind of preparation time became a focus for the whole church, kind of paralleling how Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness or how God's people were 40 years uh, in the wilderness before the promised land. The church decided, let's go through a period of preparation where we fast, where we study, where we pray. Uh, of about 40 days, they got good time off on Sundays for celebration, where we read God's word, where we you know, deny ourselves physical pleasures in order to focus on, on the spiritual. Um, okay, so I, I was somewhat right that Lent derives from the 40 days that Jesus was in the desert with you know, the devil and mm-hmm. he was resisting temptation. Yeah, it seems like that number 40 is, is important in Scripture, and so it becomes a, a kind of a good a season of something is, is 40 days and 40 nights. Awesome. I like it. Now, looking at your, at your book, at your devotional, uh, and we're going to get into how to get a copy of this and everything, you got like a five-step process of how this works. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about that real quick. Sure. So, so we have 42 readings. Uh, we started for, for March 6 and end up uh, right before Easter. And the idea is that every day we invite people to spend about 15, 20 minutes doing five things. Uh, and step one is to um, pray and learn the story. In other words, we ask God to speak to us and we read the story that contains the day's question or request of Jesus. So that's basically reading the scripture story. Uh, then second, we ask who's asking? In other words, when someone asks Jesus for something, just straight up, who's the person asking? What does it appear that they want from him? Just on the surface level. It takes a little bit deeper turn when we get to step three, which is asking, what's the question inside the question? Because almost always there's something else inside the request that's the real heart desire of the person. And that's the place where we get to make connections with our own lives. Because even though people 2,000 years ago in Palestine spoke a different language, had different customs, the human heart across the world is the same. So that leads us to number four, the most important, which is what was Jesus' reply? And in almost every case, we see that Jesus always answered the question within the question. He might have given them what they wanted on the surface, but he always directed them to something deeper. Hmm. Um, And when we realize that, we can understand how he's answering our request today. And then it leads us finally to number five, which is to respond to Jesus in prayer. And I've given some prayers that people can use as springboards for their own prayers, but we try to give our hearts back to Jesus and ask him to answer us in the same way he did the people in the Bible. Awesome. Awesome. Now, uh, just a little caveat. Did, do you, did you write your own prayers within your devotions? Yes, in almost every case I did, there are a few times when, and I'll let people know that, we're quoting from hymns of the church, um, those kind of things. But I'll let people know if it's quoted. Awesome. All right. So y'all heard it from the horse's mouth. He is mostly authentic in his writings. <laughs> All right. So um, I want to go ahead and, and talk about the first couple of days of uh, your devotional. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually going to let you pick the 
the two or three stories to talk about just to kind of give the listeners like a, a, a springboard if they're just coming into doing the devotional of how, um, sure. w- what your concept is behind each story or each reading. Sure. Well, in the first week, we, we look at the earliest questions asked of Jesus. And I think it, it's amazing that the first recorded question of Jesus came from his mother when he was 12 years old. It's that story when the family had gone up to Passover for to Jerusalem for the Passover feast, and the family left to go back to Nazareth, which was you know, quite a long journey. Right. And the families traveled in groups, you know, caravans, kind of like we take a car caravan of folks today. And they thought Jesus was with some of their relatives, and he wasn't. And so a day away from Jerusalem, they realized Jesus was nowhere to be seen. So they're panicked. You know, they realized Jerusalem was filled with pilgrims, and with pilgrims come scoundrels and hucksters and swindlers. They rush back to Jerusalem, and it takes them three days to find Jesus. And they finally find him in the temple, talking with the theologians and the scholars of the scriptures. Now, every parent who's ever left a child or lost a child for a while knows you panic. And at first, you're so relieved. Then you're so mad that they ran away. (laughs) And then you're relieved. And then you're panicked all over again. Um, But so Mary asked the question to Jesus, son, why have you treated us so? It's such a great question. We ask anybody you know, that's gotten away from us that we love if we're a caregiver of, of any kind. And right there was an opportunity for Jesus to be deflected from his true mission. Um, he could have thought, wow, I better start just doing only what my parents tell me, go back home, become a carpenter like my dad, Joseph, marry a good girl from Nazareth and have a, have a good life in that little town. But Jesus had learned that he had a divine mission, that the compass inside his heart pointed to the magnetic north of his heavenly father. And so he said, you know, I had to be about my father's business because what's important about my life is being the first truly faithful, obedient human. So it was a pretty big moment for Jesus when um, he had to really choose how to be a good son, but also to be the true son of his father because he was obeying God on behalf of all of us. Right. Hmm. Now, it- Looking at, I'm gonna go back to day one for a sec. Or um, no, actually day two. Uh, you have like little script. You have scriptures all over the place, but sure. one particular scripture that you pointed out was Matthew seven seven, and it says, "Ask and it will be uh, given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the and it will be opened to you." Uh, and the title of that particular day is "Command the stone to become bread." And and if you know your Bible, that's one of the temptations that. Uh, the devil tried to use against uh, Christ and, but Christ's response. uh, And I noticed you have, you know, how does Jesus respond? Christ's response is literally a lesson within a lesson. Um, And what do I mean by that? It's a lesson because he shows us how to resist temptation. And then the lesson in resisting that temptation shows us how to raise our kids, how to interact with other people, um, how to basically separate or be consecrated from the world. And when people look at you, they say, oh, that's a Christian. All right. And what I'm getting at is I am going to touch upon the, uh, the Catholicism version of Lent on Ash Wednesday. They put ashes on their head. On their forehead. OK, where does that yep. derive from? And I think that's what um, lamenting and, and sackcloth and ashes. I might be wrong. I'm not 100 percent sure. Uh, but that's their sign of they're giving themselves up. 
Well, Jesus taught us that he's giving himself up by not falling into that temptation by going to the cross for us. And a lot of people, uh, I guess, they never really think about Jesus's response when they read the word, you know, and, and I'm glad you have this devotional out asking Jesus because, well, what is Jesus saying? What is his message in his message? What is the the reasoning for this parable, if you will? Yeah, I think those are really good insights, Brandon. I mean, first of all, just to realize <clears throat> the second request recorded for Jesus in Luke's gospel comes from the devil himself. Mm-hmm. Jesus is out. He's having his 40 days in the wilderness. He's fasting. He's praying. He's getting set for his mission. And the devil says, hey, turn these stones into bread if you're the son of God. And that was a temptation for Jesus to take a shortcut, to not be truly human, but to call upon divine power, you know, to ask his father saying, hey, ask and it'll be given. So, you know, make these stones into bread so I'm not so hungry. Um, Again, another request to Jesus that wanted to deflect him from his mission. But when Jesus, as you were saying, has a lesson within the lesson, he answers back from scripture. It is written in Deuteronomy, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And I was getting ready to tie it back to that one. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I saw that coming. In, in other words, um, the surface need that we have, even if it's what we're really hungry, may not be the most important thing. What's even more important is the word of God that's the bread of life that leads to everlasting life, which Jesus had to stay true to his mission in order to be able to give, give to us. So, yeah, just to say, I think that's a great point you make. Uh, We do Ashes on Ash Wednesday here at First Presbyterian because it's a great reminder that I'm not God. I'm mortal. My body's going to decay. And at the beginning of Lent, I'm recognizing it's not about me. I'm going to perish. It's only about the Eternal One who, in my name and on my behalf, obeyed, went to the cross, and rose. So I'm dust, like Genesis declares, but he's everlasting life. Yeah, great insight, Brendan. Yeah, and I'm all about reminders. Um, uh, and 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 again, this this uh, young lady brought up a good point. Why we act like buffoons and deal with a lot of you know craziness, i.e., Mardi Gras, just <laughs> to say, okay, Ash Wednesday's coming. I am now going to stop cold turkey and give up such and such. Okay, and one of the things that I can say about the Protestant faith, especially Presbyterians, and I'm not bashing any other denomination, but Presbyterians, because we are a covenantal denomination, we understand what it means to actually have that symbol of, you know, Christ came and died for us, or it is our duty to preach the word of God. Like we take that serious. Um, We don't don't do ashes over at First Presbyterian Thibodeau. Uh, and that doesn't say we can't do it um, because each pastor is different. You know, my pastor has a way of reminding us what it means to go into a season of Lent and the folks in my congregation take it seriously. Um, yeah. You know, and, and what I'm what I'm trying to do is show the differences between within the Presbyterian church, but between two different pastors. But it's the same lesson being taught, just a different style. Um, sure. And going back to, to Luke chapter four, you know, especially verses one to 13, you know, when Jesus talks about being hungry and, and then he answers that question or he, he says, you know, it is written that man should not live by bread alone. And what I every time I read that passage, my bones just quiver 
Okay. Hmm. Because what it's saying is, okay, yes, we need physical food and water to survive, but we also need that spiritual food to survive. Right. And we can't right. fight, we can't fight temptation without the bread of Christ or the, the bread of life, if you will. Yeah, exactly. I think that's, that's really well said. And, um, right. And I think if you're really serious about Christian discipleship, you don't look at a time of preparation or at fasting or denial as, well, I better really try to get all my party out so that I can then fast. Because chances are, if you go crazy during Mardi Gras, you're not going to fast during Lent. I mean, not after a couple of days. What we're really looking for, and I appreciate this about Presbyterians, is the idea of a steady discipleship. Um, sure, we have a time when we focus, like at Christmas or at Easter and Lent, but generally we want to be pretty consistent all the way through with our practices and our habits and our discipleship. Yeah. And look, one of the things that I, I do appreciate about Catholicism when it comes to Lent, let me be clear, I don't want anybody calling me and calling me a heretic for saying this, um, but I do understand why the Catholic faith says, okay, during Lent, we're going to give up meat, for example. Um, right. I remember one year I decided to just to do it, just to say I'm observing Lent, you know, both Protestant and Catholic, if you will. I'm going to give up soft drinks. The funny thing is that was the best thing I could have <laughs> ever done uh, during yeah. that time frame. Now I'm back drinking soft drinks. Don't judge me. But uh, I gave up. <laughs> There's soft forgiveness, Brandon. There's forgiveness. Thank God for that. But I gave up soft drinks for those 40 days and I actually lost 10 pounds within those 40 days. I started feeling better. Um, I just felt like a different person. All right. But that was the physical body. What did I learn in the time frame of those 40 days? I learned to submit myself to Christ. And I think that's the most yep. important part. Um, so exactly. what I'm going to tell people and even Catholics that may listen to my podcast, uh, I'm not going to tell you to go against your, your religious practices and beliefs, but if you decide to give up something else in observance of Lent, that's fine. But also remember that you're giving up yourself for the sake of the gospel, just as Jesus gave up himself for the sake of our salvation. Yeah, hey, that's well said. And and for us, um, we're, I'm happy if folks want to do some discipline of giving up something during Lent. Uh, I think my wife this year is giving away one item of clothing every day during Lent because uh, she realizes she has too much clothes and wants to you know, simplify and be more more giving. But we also want, we add a practice, and that's what this uh, Asking Jesus devotion about is saying, yeah, instead of taking five minutes for prayer in the morning, why don't you take 15 and really focus on the scriptures uh, for this season, you know, concentrate on adding in a little bit more devotion to Christ that helps you give your life to him, just like you said. Yeah, I think that's that's an awesome, awesome concept. Um my, my last question for you, Dr. Garrett, is what would you tell someone, uh, especially a new Christian, that is it's their first time observing Lent? What would you tell them uh, to do during this season? I would say this is a great time to uh, prepare for the celebration of, of Easter uh, by trying to walk with Jesus through um, the, the, the ministry that he had to others the self-denial that he had, the resistance of temptation, by gazing upon Jesus and how he totally dedicated himself to loving us 
uh, and giving himself away, that allows us to sort of be spiritually preparing for the wonder that after he gave himself to the uttermost on Good Friday, um, his father returned his life to him on Easter. And the more I focused on what he's done you know, all through those 40 days, the more joyful the Easter celebration is and the wonder that um, his whole life uh, was restored to him in exaltation and joy. I like it. Now, um, I'm going to read something, and this is kind of off topic, but it's actually right on topic. Yeah. Obviously, the purpose of your book is to help get the gospel out, and the purpose of my podcast is to also help get the gospel out and of course to be an aid to your your study but to the christian folks that are listening remember this hebrews 12 1 says this that since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us so during this season of lent remember that we have brothers and sisters that are running this race with us and we're surrounded mm -hmm. by a heavenly cloud of witnesses that are watching our every move and also strengthening us when we call upon that divine power to help us fight temptation to help us overcome an addiction uh whatever the 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 vice may be if you will you know let, let's take these next 42 days um or for for my podcast the next six weeks if you will six fridays to actually hone in on what it actually means about Lent. You know, uh, I'm a big person about lamenting, uh, especially yeah. when I've done something horribly wrong or hmm. even even when I have to, like right now I'm, I'm a sergeant at my new job and I have to reprimand people. Um, that's not fun. It's never fun to have to do that, hmm. you know, but I have to lament that my own personal self doesn't get in the way of correcting that person you know right how, for how, sure. how is my correction going to bless this person all right yeah. so the last thing i have to say is let's let's take this season of lent and let's see how god is blessing us through this season and then in return let's bless other people hey and just you know your point about the great cloud of witnesses that's really one of the reasons why First Press, we create this Lent guide is to have a sense of, hey, we are all reading the same scriptures together each day. We're all uh, praying about the same things. And so uh, that's why we love extending it uh, like to your listeners or to Ocean Springs Church or Covenant Church in Mobile, just to say, hey, let's think about how many of us. It's an encouragement to me to knowing, oh, everybody I know um, in my church is working on the same passage today. And so I'm encouraged. It keeps me on the right path. Awesome. Well, Dr. Garrett, can you tell the listeners how to get a copy of this book? Yes, sure. The best way to do it would be to go onto our church website. Um, you can Google First Presbyterian Church of Baton Rouge or look up www.fpcbr.org. Uh, and there's an Asking Jesus tab. Uh, there you can read any of the lessons that have been published. You can sign up to receive each day's lesson by email. Uh, if you'd like a hard copy of the book, yeah, you can find the church number on there. Just call the church office and we will mail one to you uh, free of charge. Awesome. Well, Dr. Garrett, I do want to thank you so much for your work uh, in continuing, uh, basically continuing the education of believers, uh, helping believers see the real picture, the real meaning behind why Jesus came and died for us. So, well, 
Thank you, Brandon. I look forward to talking to you again next time. Awesome. God bless. Thank you all so much. And we will be back next week. You have reached the end of yet another episode from The Ear. We hope that God's word remains on the ears of the listeners. We pray that this podcast would urge you to go forth and spread his good news to the world. Thank you for tuning in. Please don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. See you at the next episode. God bless you and may his glory shine upon you.